This is the PR Podcast, a show about how public relations helps you tell your story to the world. We talk with great PR practitioners who have the skills, creativity, and just plain savvy to get their clients noticed. Now here's your host, Jody Fisher. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the PR Podcast. I'm Jody Fisher. Thanks for joining us. We want to send a PR Podcast plug out to Nancy Marshall, the PR maven. Now, you may uh, have heard of Nancy. You may have heard. You definitely should have heard of her podcast, uh, the the PR maven podcast. She was nice enough to have me on her show uh, a few weeks back, and I had a terrific conversation with her. Uh, uh, she asked me all the stuff that I love to talk about, which is like things like pitching media and how to use video with your clients. And I was just out this morning, actually, with a client shooting video um, uh, for a client. Whenever I go to a, 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 or I create a media event, I always also cover it like a reporter. And so I shoot video and I send it to all the TV desks. And I'm crossing my fingers right now that, that folks are going to pick it up. I got a good response from people as I made my calls around earlier today. But it's not about me. It's about Nancy. She's got a great PR uh, the PR Maven podcast. So you want to check that out on your favorite podcast platform and giving her a PR podcast plug today. Now, if you want a PR podcast plug, please send us a DM to uh, the PR podcast on Twitter uh, and let us know your passion project. We want to plug the cool thing that you do. Uh, and maybe it's your blog, maybe it's your website, maybe it's your TikTok channel, um, but send us a note, send us a DM on Twitter at the PR podcast, and we will plug you in an upcoming episode. Now on to our very special guest today. Let's get right into it. Noreen Heron is founder and CEO of Heron Agency based in Chicago, an award-winning strategic communications firm specializing in travel, hospitality, entertainment, and corporate brands. They have been named one of the top 200 PR firms in the country by Forbes magazine with many, many other accolades to their name. She has worked with household names like Orange Theory Fitness, Massage Envy, Procter & Gamble, and she prides herself on not coloring inside the lines. I like her already. Noreen, welcome to the PR <laughs> podcast. Thank you, Jody. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me on. And speaking of colorful, you know, we're an audio podcast, but your background is just killing it right now. It's a terrific mural. Can you describe the mural you're sitting in front of right now? I'd love to because I think uh, publicists will appreciate this. We just moved to a new space in Chicago, and in fact, Crane's Chicago business named us as one of the top 10 coolest offices for 2022. I have two uh, specially commissioned graffiti walls that were done by a graffiti artist who half the time spends his time on the streets, half the time works in the corporate world. But the one that is behind me is of a woman looking uh, at uh, it's it's Columbia actually because it's so colorful, but she's starting on a new journey. It's the first day of her destination, and this is our conference room. So we it, it's supposed to hearken the idea that clients are taking their first step with us, and there's an exciting, colorful journey ahead. Oh, that sounds good. I love it. I love it. And I noted that uh, about that that accolade as well about being named uh, one of the coolest offices. Was it the coolest office in Chicago or one of? We were the first one named out of 10. And we were, there were some major heavy hitters that spent millions and millions of dollars, which I can assure you we did not. But I will also tell you that the other mural in the office is a picture of a publicist with all of this colorful, uh, just stars and hearts and, 
all the passion that it represents that comes out of a publicist's head and heart to create a campaign and all the different things we sort of have swirling. And it just works. The, the woman has a very tenacious look on her face, which we all know as, as publicists, we've got to possess that grit and tenacity. And so uh, it's, it's, uh, that's what you see upon arrival in the office and we love it. Uh, I love the sound of that. It, it makes me want to come visit Chicago. So if I'm next time I'm in Chicago, I'm dropping by. Um, Please do. But let's talk about what you do with your clients. You know, it's it's under the the big umbrella name of hospitality PR. But you you there are there are subgroups in there, and I'll let you explore those. But that that big term of hospitality PR can be a real challenge, right? I mean, restaurants close and open, hotels can fall on hard times. In the last couple of years with COVID, oh my God, right? Um, what is the key to success in your mind in in this big field of hospitality related PR? Well, I started my um, my corporate PR career at with Hyatt Hotels, and so I learned very quickly working for the Pritzker family that success is measured by return on investment. So I would say heads in beds, more covers at our restaurants, more attendees at our theater, uh, our theaters and entertainment venues. We rep a wide array of pop-ups, rooftop decks. We do a lot of lifestyle brands. So for instance, Pot Shack, we represent Paper Source in their 160 locations across the country. I like to say we represent all the fun categories, but we all know that with the fun goes a lot of hard work. And, uh, and I have a fantastic team here in Chicago, uh, Senior Managing Director Kathy Bria and Managing Director, Director Gianna Fontana. Uh, and myself lead the agency here. And we have had a long track record. We're in business 22 years. And we have, I think the nice thing is starting with Hyatt Hotels as my anchor client 22 years ago, uh, we started working for other brands, repped over probably 75 hotel brands at this point. Uh, but all in all, it's all about, it's all about creating traffic, traffic flow as we know as publicists, right? Absolutely. It can be a really volatile, and maybe that's the wrong word, but that's a word I'll use, a volatile type of business. When you talk about, you know, covers at restaurants and heads in beds and things like that. Um, but it can also really be volatile in terms of the people you're interacting with. And I've got to imagine that, you know, in the age of Karens of TikTok, <laughs> not to insult any Karens out there uh, or any women named Karen out there, let's put it that way. Um, it, I mean, one bad review, one bad, one speed bump can really just completely disarm your whole PR campaign. How do you deal with that? Well, I've said that many times. I mean, the, the power of TripAdvisor now is just monumental. And, and frankly, anyone can be a critic these days, right? And I know when I started my career, it was trying to reach the critic at the most popular TV station and, and that news segment and newspaper, magazine, et cetera. But now everybody has a platform. And so that can be fabulous and dangerous at the same time. So I feel like as publicists though, it, I think it's our job to stay on top uh, uh, as much as we can, do as much social listening as we can. Certainly when it comes to hotels, we run a lot of social media accounts. If anyone is posting that they have a problem jumping on that right away is so important and has gotten to be, you know, it used to be, and for me, I worked internally at a hotel, 
the manager on duty was the person that was the one armed paper hanger, right? Because he or she was dealing with every problem that came up. Now a social media specialist can be the one armed paper hanger because at any given time, you don't want to miss uh, comments if, if something should, should go wrong. You have to be on it pretty much 24 seven. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've got to imagine though too that the flip side of that is just as valuable in terms of jumping on people who are saying good things about the brand that you're representing. How do you how do you approach them? Well, that's interesting, Jody. I think one of the things that we've really um, in the last year more than ever, we have been working with a great deal of influencers, and we really try to match up who we think uh, is the right demographic for the client. So various fashion, beauty. Uh, travel, et cetera, vloggers, YouTubers, TikTokers, and uh, the power that they have in terms of increasing the following on our, our social media platforms for our hotels, et cetera, our restaurants is just so incredibly enormous. And I think what influencers do now in a very profound way is, is they're creating content for us because the way that they can go out and shoot, I mean, I can't shoot the way that they go out and shoot. It's just that the equipment that they bring in, their eye is, is uh, their artistic eye is so important. And so I think getting them to visually tell the story is, um, is something that we're really putting a lot of focus on here. How much management do you do um, when, you're, when you're working with an influencer? And let's say you're inviting them into wherever it is, a hotel or a restaurant or whatever kind of establishment. Um, how much management, and I don't want to call it micromanagement, but like how much are you in their business as they're creating this? Or, or do you just give them carte blanche and let them go? Like, here's some basic building blocks. Here's some information. Here are the tags or the whatever that we use. Hope you use them. And do you just let them run? How do you do it? Yeah, that's a good question. So we don't get involved with the aesthetics at all because we really vet the people that we're working with and they have a certain visual style that we respect and that's why we're asking them when it comes to how much coverage they're providing that's where we we absolutely do get involved and i think the average person would be surprised to know just how much negotiation goes on between a public relations agency and an influencer. So when we're uh, inviting an influencer to come and enjoy an overnight stay with a comp breakfast and a comp dinner, let's say, there's a real value to that. And so we wanna make sure that our client gets as much uh, in the way of coverage that they can. So we are stipulating often that we would like a static post, that we would like a real, uh, that we would like multiple Instagram stories. And that is all negotiated in advance because as publicists, we can't just on a women of prayer hope that they will cover it to the degree that we would like. And we certainly don't want to be going back to a client saying, you just comped about $1,500 worth of accommodations and F&B, and here's your one story on Instagram, right? So uh, we we actually have a contract here at the agency that we work uh, that we provide to influencers. And I think when we're working in these categories, that's very important to a client because, frankly, sometimes even before we're on board with the client, they'll say, "Boy," and let's say they're just opening a restaurant. I've got every hot influencer that's reaching out to me right now, and and to some degree that is the case. I mean, they they. An influencer wants to stay at a hotel or enjoy a comp meal for two at a hot restaurant. But that's where I think a good agency 
comes in and really vets and really advocates for the client. And, and that's what we do here. That's a great point uh, to bring up is that you've got a lot of, let's call them fakers out there who sell themselves as influencers, but they are not at a particular level or of a particular style or have a particular audience that you actually want to reach. Um, and, and I'm curious too, how you, how you work with them, how you vet them, but also I'm curious how, um, how you vet influence or how you view influencers in general. You know, not everybody needs to have 20 million followers on a platform. How do you go about picking the right types of influencers for any given client? Well, you're right, because we absolutely work with uh, macro and micro influencers, and we're looking primarily for the highest number, uh, highest levels of engagement. And I think in each market, we over time begin to see who moves the meter to. And, and so here in Chicago, we work with multiple influencers, some very frequently, because we know track record wise, they just they they are able to create traction. So, um, but we're we're we consider ourselves somewhat of an influencer here too. We have twenty two thousand followers on Instagram, so we're always watching what they're doing, and we're we're liking their stuff. They're liking our stuff, and uh, it's it's interesting as a publicist to look at what they're doing in town when you're not repping it, right? And it's it's like to get the visual of what else is happening and and that so. That's great. That is great. Um, a lot of hospitality PR too, and, and we've kind of glossed over the traditional stuff, right? And we maybe we can circle back to that. But in general, I think a lot of what you do must also revolve around planning and thinking way ahead. Whereas the traditional you know, a PR person like me with a client base that I have, I might be thinking as much as 30 days out, but probably not much beyond that. I got, I'm betting that you're thinking in quarters, like six months out, nine months out next, you know, you might even be planning like next Christmas, you know, coverage or whatever <laughs> that is. I mean, give us a, give us an, an insight into your, your calendar. You're absolutely right, Jody. So I think for me, it, be, it was very easy for me when I opened the agency coming from Hyatt, because as the PR director at the Hyatt Regency Chicago, which is Chicago's largest hotel and Hyatt's largest property, we were planning very large scale holiday events. I mean, we had up to 14,000 people at our New Year's Eve party. So what I would start working very early operationally on, on what the plans were and who the partners were, because we'd like a media partner and a beverage partner, et cetera. Um, but I learned on property there that there were certain times of the year to start. So for instance, every August, I know we want to start working on holiday parties because that is when often HR is starting to think about planning their holiday party. We want to be first option uh, here at the agency. I, my, all my team knows since we wrap a lot of rooftop decks. We start in February creating a roundup of all of our rooftop decks and all of the information because in Chicago, we are so big on our good weather days. So everybody in April, if, if a rooftop deck is open, they're going to be out enjoying it, even if it's only 50 degrees. So a lot of it, absolutely, you're so right, is just creating a strategic calendar. And then I think, uh, as you know, Jody, um, in an agency setting, it is a 
create the calendar and then you're able to hit multiple clients like everyone you should be thinking about this particular holiday and and it really is a great way to make sure that no balls are dropped when you're when you're thinking annually like that do you ever struggle and i've got we've all struggled with clients right <laughs> do you ever struggle with getting a client to think in that same way of like look you got to be thinking about 6 months from now when they're going oh i got to plan tonight's menu or whatever that is Oh, all the time. And I don't know if you've ever had it, but I have had on occasion, it's only happened a couple of times, but where you have a client that is extremely disorganized and you're trying to organize them and they're almost getting frustrated because they can feel their lack of, of follow through and you're almost irritating them. <laughs> but more often than not, 99% of the time, they are so grateful that we're thinking about uh, what they should be doing months in advance. Because I, I, again, I think I was never an agency publicist prior to owning an agency. I, I worked in-house um, in two different, two different venues. And so I, I think I understand operation, operationally how busy they are and that you can really get buried in thinking about things like you're not thinking about three or six months from now when you're in it. Uh, and I think that's, what's really great about what we do, because I, I mean, I'm sure you would agree. I always say publicists, we are the economic engines. We are the rainmakers. We are the deal makers. And there's a lot of power in what we do. And so to be highly strategic in terms of looking at how we are not going to miss any opportunity for them and maximize every holiday and every obscure holiday, certainly when you're representing brands, you mentioned Massage Envy. National Relaxation Day became one of their national holidays for them here with the way that we represented them. We made sure that they dominated National Relaxation Day. And so to be highly organized in that way and, and feel like, and, and for Massage Envy, I was very flattered. They gave me a, they have an award called the Street Fighter of the Year, which their Street Fighter Award uh, recognizes the person who has done more for the brand in a calendar year than any other person. And so to feel like you made that kind of impact is, is such a positive feeling because I always feel like, look at all the people that we put to work as publicists. We are keeping the economy, economy flowing. And I love that idea of people adding staff because of the work that we do as publicists, Jody. Oh, that that's a great way to look at it. And and I agree with you. I mean, my my personal spin on that. And congratulations on that award. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I can hear how much that meant to you and 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 it would mean a ton to me as well. I mean, I, I'm frequently saying that the 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 most important thing that a client can do for me is to say thank you. Um, you know, I, I've I've represented pro bono clients that uh, I work for as though they were paying me hundred thousand dollar retainers. Um, simply because they are appreciative of the work that I've done for them and with them. They are collaborative. They are engaged. Um, and, you know, thank you is a huge motivator. So, yeah, congratulations on that award. That, that's really great. Um, speaking of relationships, you also have a terrific reputation as a notorious networker. And we also <laughs> know that in this PR business that um, uh, even though you got to know your stuff, 
who you know is a very close second, if not the first. Um, tell me about the value of networking in PR. How do you keep up those relationships? And, and how do you do it? You know, do, are you getting around in person? Are you doing it over the phone? Is it all of the above? I mean, how does it work? It's funny that you say that because I was just at a luncheon in Chicago yesterday. And of course, everyone was saying how fabulous it felt to be in a room with hundreds of people again. Uh, but one of the people that attended the luncheon said, gosh, I just had so much fun watching you work the room, Noreen. And so I guess that's something that I've been doing forever because people do talk about how I, I know how to work a room. And I think that kind of work a room phrase can have some negative connotations, but I, I grew up and I was talking to another publicist in Chicago. Her name's Maura Devine. We were talking about when you come from like I did, an Irish Catholic family and a large Irish Catholic family. It is a, you better say hello to every aunt and uncle and greet them and give them a hug and a kiss because if you miss one of them, you will hear back, why didn't you kiss, you know, Aunt Margaret? And- uh, Works the I same in that, Italian families too, just so we're <laughs> there on There you that. go, exactly. <laughs> we are naturally good at it. And I think it's our personalities to make people feel special. There's the line in Great Gatsby about Nick being, uh, because he lacks, he's not a judgmental person. He is able to tolerate so many kinds of conversations and people. And I think as publicists, that is, that's, a, I think for me, that's a great, um, that's a great descriptive because I love meeting new people. I love, I love, and that's why agency life, I feel so well suited to it. I, I, I love going from a hotel meeting to a restaurant meeting. I know the hotel and the occupancy rate is going to impact the restaurant's attendance, which is going to impact if the restaurant is full, it's right near the theater and that's gonna help the theater's attendance. And to kind of understand it in terms of how it all impacts each other, each one impacts the other, I just find fascinating. And then on top of it, I think as publicists, we're all news junkies. So I love to, read various news sources and then have an idea of how will that impact our clients and how should we be watching for 2024 what will be trending and and uh but in terms of getting back to your original question i i network online i network in person uh obviously over covid that was challenging but i was always a person that would have three events in one night before i had my two children uh i was out every night. And I do think that those relationships help build my agency for sure. 100% agreed. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, so where are, as we, as we round out this conversation here, um, what does 2023 look like for the hospitality, uh, you know, restaurant, hotel service related industries? What, what, what challenges are there? What opportunities are there? It's improving, but it's still not back completely. Um, I, I just heard on NPR, uh, they were um, announcing the results of a study that talked about transit, public transit, and then um, commercial transit, so recreational trains, et cetera, that they are anticipating that um, ridership will be down by 30%, and that will remain the case for at least the next five years. And that makes sense because people are staying at home, they are working from home. Uh, and I think for us in, in hospitality, 
we're, we're right now competing with not the local restaurant down the street or another brand. We're competing with being at home on one's couch watching Netflix because I think people got very used to doing that. And some found that they really enjoyed it. And let's face it, there's a lot of good TV. So we, uh, we are, we're having to change the minds of people that got used to sort of cocooning. And uh, I think recovery, we had some recovery this, this year. I think next year will be, will be even better. So. Uh, I hope so. I, I, staying at home was convenient. And when we all had to do it, I'm fine. But boy, I love being back out there. <laughs> I love to hear that. <laughs> That's great. Well, the, let's let's segue now. Thank you. This has been a great conversation. Let us segue now into the rapid fire question portion of our podcast. If you've heard us before, you know what's coming at you. It's where <laughs> we steal a page from inside the actor studio and ask our guests a series of rapid fire questions. Just one or two word answers, whatever comes to mind, Noreen. And with your indulgence, here we go. Rapid fire question number one. What is your favorite news source? New York Times. Nice. I heard you mention NPR there too. I'm, I'm an NPR fan as well. Rapid fire question number two. What is your favorite social media platform? I'm still a Facebook girl. Good one. Good Instagram one. Is fine you got 22,000 22, on Instagram, did you say? I, I On Instagram. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Instagram. I'm on it as much as Facebook, but you get an article. You get to read on Facebook. When Instagram, I, you get some fun pictures. I, I, I'm on TikTok too, but I, I'd say my favorite still, and I guess maybe it dates me, but it's, it's, it's Facebook. Facebook, got it. All right, rapid fire question number three, coffee or alcohol? I do not drink coffee, so I think I'd say a good uh, cold glass of Pinot Grigio. Works for me. Rapid fire question number four. What is your favorite on the run food? The uh, egg white pepper bites from Starbucks. Those are great. Oh, those are good. Have you had those? Yeah, those are good, right? Yeah, good. And rapid fire question number five, Noreen, what do you want to be after you finish this career? Well, I, I, yeah, I'm known for, I've got a big shoe collection. I wear a lot of high heels. So I've always joked that I'm going, going to die with my high heels up on my desk. Uh, you know, people talk about their cowboy boots on their desk. Mine's going to be my high heels. So I, I don't know. That sounds sad to me, the end of my career. But I hope, I hope one day I'll be a grandmother, honestly. Or if I had to pick another career. Well, I have two children. So one day I, I hope I live to see their children. But uh, I, I love designing our space here. I, I loved, I mean, the interior design portion uh, and the fact that we won this uh, Cranes uh, commendation was, was fabulous. So maybe I'd be an interior designer, Joey. I, I, smell, I smell something in your future. That sounds good, <laughs> but not till you're done with this one. Well, Noreen, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. Please let people know how they can find you online. Thank you. So we're at heronagency.com. Uh, my email address is Noreen at HeronAgency.com and uh, Instagram, Heron Agency, Facebook, Heron Agency, TikTok, Heron Agency. Fantastic. We'll look you up. Thanks again, Noreen. And thank you everyone for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the PR podcast and send us a question or a comment. Our intro is by Christopher Apple. You can find him and his fantastic photography on Instagram at Christopher underscore A-P-P-O-L-D-T. Check him out there and hire him for all your photography needs. You can find me online at Jody Fisher on all the socials and on the web at JodyFisherPR.com. We'll see you next time on the PR Podcast.